glad you guys could be here. It is Thanksgiving week. Uh, we might talk a little bit later about what everybody's thankful for because Lord knows we all have things that we want to be thankful for and we need to be thankful for. Uh, I'm thankful that, that it's the one day of the year that I really just don't care and I, I eat like crazy. And I'm ready for... I don't like turkey. I hate turkey. That's something I... I I just don't like turkey. I'm a ham guy, so I like the ham. So I'm ready for the ham, the dressing. I'm ready for the corn. I'm ready for all that good kind of stuff. So uh, hopefully I will have my share on Thursday. I'll probably have a couple shares for everybody else too. Uh, a little bit later in the show, I do want to get to talking about uh, Taylor Swift, and I want to talk about the new deal that she just struck with uh, Universal uh, there's some things in the deal that I'm really excited about that I think are just phenomenal and they're going to be phenomenal for other artists and, and, and the way that she structured this deal to make it the way that she did, I just think was really, really, really cool. Uh, but before we do that tonight, I'm going to bring on my buddy, Jacob Young. He is starring in a brand new Lifetime movie that premieres this Friday night at 7 p.m. Central. It's called Killer Vacation. I think it's going to be really good. Talk to us about this new movie, Killer Vacation, Lifetime. It premieres Friday night at 7. Tell us about it. So he's uh, he's a guy who works for his father-in-law. His wife is, uh, they're both, the father-in-law and the wife, his wife are, are very wealthy. And he married into this relationship. And he tells one of the new interns, uh, staff members that, that you know his life sucks basically he's he's absolutely miserable his wife is trying to divorce him uh he just wants out of it but he's going to lose everything and so he really just kind of pulls her into his web of deceit and and uh and the journey really starts there they start going uh, start going out and he takes her to the desert for to a conference and then you know all, everything starts to unfold at that point i can't without giving too much of the plot line on the way I got you. Okay. So what what was it like working on that kind of environment whenever that's not typically the character you play? Yeah, no, it's it's not, you know, and it's actually a lot of fun to be able to stretch into something that you're you're you know, that's not something you normally do. Um, especially, you know, this guy, he's really spinning a web uh, of, of lies. And that's not something that I, you know, I've, I've played a little bit of that with characters over the years, but not so much like this. The interesting thing is, though, is that I'm working with a girl that I worked with for almost six years. So anybody who watched All My Children when that was on will remember Babe and JR. And we were kind of an iconic character, uh, so much so that they actually sh sold the show to France in wow. the middle way in the middle of the series and picked it up right there. So the fans were kind of definitely giving them what they've been wanting. They've been wanting to see this, us reunite again on the screen. And it was a lot of fun to be able to work with her uh, all this time, after all this time, it's been years. And it was funny because, you know, we realized, you know, we both have three kids, we're both married. So our lives have like pretty much paralleled each other, but it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's pretty cool. And you've got actually several film projects that are coming out. Can you tell us a little about the one you were telling me about Angel? Because I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, so Angel is, it's I, I co-star with this kid named Ricky Garcia. He's on the Disney Channel. He's now, he's blowing up on all sorts of other things. Uh, he's, he's a musician as well. He's in a band. But, so Angel is kind of like, he grew up on the streets. He's sort of a superhero in a lot of ways. He's got no DNA. He's got no fingerprints. And he's going around and people are getting hit by cars or whatever. And he runs out in the streets, puts his hands on him and, and brings him back to life. So my character finds out that this guy's going around and, and creating miracles. And I'm basically the kingpin, basically a kind of a reincarnate of a physical embodiment of the devil. And I can't have this kid. I want him on my side to be able to persuade everybody onto my side and, and uh, you know, do all the bad things that cartels want you to do. <laughs> Um, and you know, we, we, we basically, we go head to head and it's, it's a really cool film. So it's, it's kind of like a graphic novel in a lot of ways, uh, with, with a superhero sort of twist. Uh, it takes, it takes place on, on the, uh, underbelly of Los Angeles, it's corrupt cops. It was, it was a really, really gritty piece. And I think it had I mean, obviously it hasn't come out yet, but when it comes out, they're talking about theatrical release. 
So it might be in some theaters. And if it does well, they've already written the sequel to it. So I'm really I'm looking forward to seeing how this one turns out, too. Oh, yeah, man, that would be awesome. We were talking the other day about this kind of season and pilot season and what all that means. And will you kind of tell everybody what you were telling me about? I mean, this is really a hustle bustle time in the acting world with with people shooting pilots and shooting test episodes, shooting all kinds of content. And, and for what's going to be coming out maybe next spring, next fall, uh, getting ready for those and the sweeps and all that kind of stuff and what kind of a, a grueling process that is and how many open roles there are and things like that. I just found that interesting. So, yeah, pilot season is, is really the apex of the jobs that are going to be available on TV, uh, especially all the new platforms, Netflix, Amazon. There's literally hundreds of these pilots that get shot but you know you know there's 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 a lot of shows out there but there's not hundreds of shows that get picked up so really i mean it's an honor just to book a pilot it's an honor to be on a pilot that actually is greenlit that actually goes but this is really the time that everybody you know you, you got to make sure you have your ducks in a row you got to have your team you got to have your agent you got to have every piece together in order to be able to be available for all these big roles on on uh, you know, on, on television. It could be NBC. Yeah, so it's it's really the I mean, it's really the brass tax time. Everybody's got to really you got to focus and and you got to make sure that your ducks are in a row. And I know you talk a lot about artist development. It's very much in the same way because this is the time where you know it's make or break time. And television is is a lot pays a lot more these days than film. In a, in a well, lot that, of ways, unless you're in a major motion picture. Well, that's something that I have found funny because, I mean, I've been close enough to the industry. Not, I mean, not nearly as damn close as you are, but I've been around it enough to know and hear people talk. I mean, even like, even like sitting at the Beverly Hills Hotel in the Polo Lounge or something, listening to very, very, very large A-list actors. This is 10 years ago talking to another A-list actor, talking about how they would never effing do television and blah, blah, blah. And today, they're the ones that are starring in these Netflix series and AMC series. And it, it's it's almost like with the availability of these type of networks and the on-demand type networks, that film's great. If you're in a big movie, it's like... Well, number one, is there any movies they aren't making that aren't about superheroes? So if you take that out and you really get into really great storytelling, it's like now they're all having to migrate over to television or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, one of those to find these really good roles. And I think there's better stuff on Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu right now than there is at the movie theater. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. You know, back you were just kind of touching on it. Back in the day, you cannot, you would not be able to trans. You cannot go from film to TV and TV to film. We obviously broke those walls a while ago, but now, can I? I mean, hold on, I'm gonna pause. If you watch, I want to ask you: Do you yeah. think House of Cards had anything to do with that at all? Because I'm looking back and I'm thinking, you know, Kevin Spacey. Say whatever you want about Kevin Spacey. But that was the first time I remember when I clicked on Netflix and, oh, my, what do you mean Kevin Spacey's in a TV show? I mean, that was kind of the point where I remembered that, oh, my God, these big movie stars are starting to do TV now. Is that Was that kind of when it was six, seven years ago? Yeah, I mean, yes. And, and, and if you watched the Emmys this last year, there was only one network show that was nominated That's right. for an Emmy. Everything was everything was Netflix. Everything was Amazon. Everything was HBO. So these networks are not they're not able to compete with that th those that level anymore because they can't say and the you know it can't be as graphic as you know honestly and and I think we've become a little um, I'm, I'm going to say this wrong not numb but we're bored we're bored with the content that's out because we're seeing so much cooler stuff. Well, I mean you t I mean no offense to your old network but it's like you I mean. CBS is made up of CSI and that's about it. I mean, it's, it's CSI, this CSI, that, or it's, I mean, it's one, it's different variations of the same show over and over and over. And it's like, I don't, I can't take that. You know what I'm saying? I, that, that doesn't interest me, but, but, you know, you had Kevin Spacey move over and, and did house of cards. The next big one to me was when Matthew McConaughey, did True Detective. That was another one that was like, what? Because he, had, I believe, had just won the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. And the next project coming out was a freaking TV show. 
And people are like, what is going on? And now you've got Adam Sandler, who has a big time money deal with Netflix. I mean, you've got all of these major stars that are going over there. And and it's just amazing to me to watch because they're making better quality content. And there's like you said, there's they're filming so many of them that that it really to me the same thing as music to me the more there is i think it drives everyone to be better you know to to push through you've got to make something that that push pushes through and sticks out to people i think yeah i agree and that's what that content is doing it's it's amazing to see somebody like matthew mcconaughey you know transition immediately from winning the oscar like you said and going into television but that is i mean that's the future uh, and I think, you know, you know, a lot of the TV shows are even better than sitting down for two hours and watching a film. I mean, I find mm. myself binge watching hours and hours and hours of a TV show. And I think you know, a lot of people out there are doing exactly. I know a lot of people are doing exactly the same thing because it's, it's right there at your fingertips. And and the content is just as good. It feels like a really long movie. Well, it does. And, and you know, I love the ability. I, one of the things I'm not real crazy about what Hulu is doing right now, and I think Amazon's dipping their toes into it, is this thing where they're doing it more like network television, where they're uploading one episode a week. And it's like, I, I, I don't like that. I like the Netflix format of you put an entire season up and you just binge it or you watch when you can, watch when you want to. And I think they're starting to see that too. I, I think... I much prefer throw the programming out there and let people consume it. I, I, whether it's Hulu or not, matter of fact, over a regular television show, I have to now remember that that show's on Hulu, and then I have to turn over, click on the app, and then go find that show once a week. It's, it's almost like they've added a step in the process, and where it's just like, just throw the content out there and let people consume it. And because it, it's... Even YouTube, YouTube's jumping into the game with YouTube, uh, YouTube TV, which was YouTube Red, and and now YouTube's got its own original programming, and I think everything is going to this on-demand thing, where people want the content when they want it, on demand, and wherever they are, and and I think yeah. that is such a, a cool thing, especially for you as an actor, because to me it would open up a lot of different roads. Now we don't have to just focus on daytime. We don't have to just focus on getting on a series. Now, that, like you said, you, what did you say the other day? There were 300 and something new shows being shot and being cast over the next 90 days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a really small time frame for so many shows. And literally, I, I feel like you blink. And if, you don't have, if you're not on it, you miss, you miss the boat altogether. You don't get on one of these shows to, to be, be shooting. But, you know, CBS is interesting that they, you know, they created their own application, but you still have to wait for right. that new episode to come out. They're, they're holding back the reins. And I think not only if they don't, if they don't, if network television doesn't change that format, like the Netflix format, or, or even be able to, you know, make racier content, more edgy content, so to speak, we're not going to have network television in the next 10 years. It's going to be gone. Well, and they'll figure out, and I think people will, will, and they're already trying to inch this out. I think the the pay platforms and the gateways of, of monetizing Netflix and those things like that, you know, I think I think the days are numbered of paying your $9.99 a month for Netflix and never seeing an advertisement. I, I think because as net, as network television starts to die, I think that you probably will have to live through at some point, unless you want to pay a higher tier, that you'll have to watch two 30-second ads in between episodes that you're binging. But you know what? To me, honestly, well, I mean, honest to God, I'd just pay the freaking higher tier and not have to watch them. But if I didn't, it really wouldn't bother me if you threw all the content out there and I had to watch 60 seconds worth of commercials between each. I'm, you know, I'm going to get up and go smoke anyway, right? So I'm not going to catch that minute. Uh, but I think that's what's going to happen, you know. And then they're going to move their 9.99 people to 15.99, and then 19.99, and then pretty soon your on-demand portal for your shows is going to take the place of your Direct TVs, your Comcasts and your paid cable services. I, that's what I think anyway. 
Yeah, I think it's just like the music subscriptions, you know, that you're getting on Spotify. You can either you can either have the upgraded version or you can listen to 30 seconds of ads and, and or, on you know, on uh, uh, all the other all the other formats. It's I think it's exactly going to be that way. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, if you don't want to watch the commercials then you'll pay a little bit more. Right. And, and as you should. I mean, that's capitalism. People want to complain about it, but it, it, it it's it's capitalism and that's totally fine with me just give me the content um which leads me into some should we talk about this or not are we ready to talk about the thing yet or not oh yeah yes i mean i i was i was wondering if if we should uh bring that up tonight all right we we will have we will i'm actually going to make this a subject of an entire podcast um coming up at a later point, but we can go ahead and talk about it. Um, Jacob and I are actually launching a network. Um, it will be available on your Roku device. It will be available on your Apple TV. It'll be available on your Amazon Fire Stick. Um, it'll be available on Google Chromecast. Basically, any, this is what I told some. I was trying to explain to somebody earlier today, and I was like, look, anywhere you can get Netflix, you can get us. Um, and the network is called Stream. And uh, it will be, I want, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to launch this thing sometime in December, but I'm, I'm telling everybody first of the year. Because once we've gotten into this thing, the back end is crazy to be able to, to do this. But we are going to be creating and having other content creators create original content for this network. Um, Jacob's show uh, is going to be on the network. Uh, my show, this show, will be on the network. Um, but we also want to have a lot of different variety. I want to reach out and put a call out to content creators all over the world and say, would you like a bigger platform? Um, because I think there are, if you go and you look at a lot of the shows that are on Netflix and Am those things started really 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 small and they developed and they built an audience and then they got bought out by the youtube tvs and the netflixes and those i would love to have this network be a a much larger platform for unique and individual creatives for different kinds of shows different kinds of programming series uh movies all kinds of things and you and i've been going back and forth on what kind of programming that we want on it and having different kind of ideas. And to me, it's just very exciting. Um, and I know you're excited about it too. And I'm just going to say it because this is the way that I am. This whole thing came about pretty quickly uh, because an opportunity was brought to you and you called right. me and I just said something, something doesn't smell right with this opportunity and blah, 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 blah. And me being the way that I am, it's like I dug right into it. And it's like, okay, let me find out if this is really blah, blah, blah. And so anyway, in 48 hours, we had everything submitted. We had talked to all the people, all the contracts were done, and we have a network. So what the hell do we do now, Jacob? We own our own our own network. What do we do? <laughs> Well, we, we, we're going to be creating, like you said, we're going to be creating interesting content, reaching out to content creators. Uh, we're, we're looking to, to cover everything from pop culture to, you know, to cooking shows or, you know, stuff that, you know, people wanted to be able to get their businesses out there and seen on a, on a whole nother level. And, and, you know, YouTube is great. It's great to get out there on YouTube. Of course, I'm on YouTube as well. But, you know, Roku is through your TV and it's easy to access. I know Apple TV, you can you can run YouTube through. But I, I think, you know, the future is, you know, for people that are developing their, their own content is to be able to go through networks like ours and, and, and be able to be seen. And, and I'm very excited about it as well. And I've already we've already been pitching ideas back and forth to each other. And what is going to be working? What is going to what is going to sell? And what are people interested in seeing? That's not currently being watched on other platforms yeah absolutely that's the exciting thing is that is w before you get into something like this it's like okay you think you think a very limited narrow worldview in a way and think oh well this this and this and then you do it and then it's like really the sky's the limit because we can do anything that we want to do and I mean, there were two restrictions basically in the contract that you, <laughs> you can't do porn 
and and it can't and it can't be about kids. And I think I figured out what that thing is, and it's because of the contracts that Disney has signed to put Disney programming on these different platforms. I think there's some sort of an exclusive thing with that. So I actually, I think I got to the bottom of that one too. Uh, but it's like I've been, I've been reaching. I'll tell you another thing that I find interesting is that this last week I've been trying to reach out to a lot of content creators that I really like, that I enjoy. Uh, YouTube shows that I really enjoy that I think are, are underappreciated, but that fit a market. And I'm overwhelmed at the, I was sitting, I watch these people talk all the time about how they want to grow their audience. They want to grow their channel. And then somebody emails you or contacts you with an opportunity and you don't get back to them. That, that blows my mind. And so, but I'm going to continue to do that. I know you're talking to some people, uh, but I do, we want to put this out there as a call to all content creators. If you've got an idea for a show or you're currently producing a show and you want it to have a larger audience uh, and you want to be a part of something that's really, really, really big uh, and really, really exciting, um, give us a shout. Leave it in the comments. Shoot me an email, thestevefreeman at gmail.com. Um, get with us. Uh, reach out to us uh, because we're, it's something we're really excited about it. Uh, we're looking forward to, to putting the programming up. We've had the logo designed. We've got the name. Everything's registered. We're ready to go. And now it's it's that crucial but fun part of finding content. Yeah, it's our very own Project Greenlight. And here's the invitation. Jump on board with us. I mean, I, you know, that is a perfect analogy. I love that show. I really did. And I tell you what I liked most about it was, is you could really see Ben Affleck's heart and, and their whole, Matt Day, their whole process for really caring about creators. And uh, some of those people have gone on to do very well uh, that, that were on Project Greenlight. Uh, and that's what we want to offer. We want to offer uh, creative people who don't currently have that large of an outlet. And, and I'm with you. You can say, well, it, you know, you can have a YouTube channel and everybody has access to YouTube. Th that's true. And YouTube is a very powerful platform. But we are also going to be putting the marketing dollars behind driving attention and traffic and partnering with other very large companies that are going to be pointing attention and traffic to our network. With YouTube, it's all about you bringing every single person to your video that you can possibly bring, or it's buying YouTube advertising through Google AdWords, or it's trusting that you know how to work the, the YouTube algorithm that changes three times a day in order to to hopefully put your content out and get noticed. This is something completely different. Um, and it's something we're really looking forward to. Uh, but as well, leveraging other platforms such as YouTube and Twitch and Facebook and all of the social media platforms, utilizing those as well to, to drive people to our content and to the network. I'm really excited about it. I got to be honest with you. It may be the most work I've ever taken on in my entire life. I had, I was talking to a lady the other day. Uh, all of our content is going to be hosted through Amazon and through one of their services. And listening to this lady talk, I was like, can you please speak English? Because I, I mean, she was talking about servers and, and IP numbers and, and, and I was just, I got lost. I mean, I had no idea what she was talking about. I'm like, Look, we're creative people. Show me where the upload button is. That's that's what I want to know. Uh, but but I'm looking forward to it, and I know you're looking forward to it, and you're going to continue to reach out to some people, and we'll have uh, we'll have more news, and maybe when we get more things together, and there's a lot that we can't tell people right now. When we get to a point where we can share all of the information, uh, maybe we'll hop back on. We'll do another one of these, and we can you know we can fill yeah. everybody in. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, I'm pushing all the PR from, from this side. I know Steve's going to be pushing from his side. We're, we're, getting, we're getting the important eyes on it that need to be on it to, to where it, it, it will spread out and everybody's going to be able to, you know, we're, we're going to get the audience. We need the audience and, and uh, we have the capability of getting the audience. So like you're saying, driving the dollars behind it, bringing the promotion. And, and that's, what, that's what's key. And yeah, you can try to launch your own platform. And, and yes, it, it's available to everybody. But, you know, the kind of know-how that Steve Freeman has, the kind of background that I have, it's going to be able to 
put this content uh, in the limelight and where it really needs to be. So please, please reach out to him. Reach out to me. Uh, you can reach out to me through my, uh, through my dot com or through my even through uh, YouTube. And uh, yeah, we're open. We're open to great ideas. Well, one of the things too, I just want to drop really quickly because I know a lot of people, you know, are, are are think about this as well, but. When I say we're, I want, we are, we are not going to be going out and licensing other content. We want this to be truly original content. And when we say that, everybody that we bring in that we're working with, we want to share the opportunities that the network's going to bring with it. And along with that is we are going to be shooting movies. We are going to be shooting feature-length movies and short films and series. And we want to have a family of creative people that allow that to to happen and, and to flourish. So we're looking forward to, to to talking with people from all different kind of creative backgrounds and and putting this network together. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, I feel like I need to say congratulations. You passed a hundred thousand streams on Spotify this week with the uh, with the new EP. Are you excited about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was uh, it was a song that we wrote yes, it was. together, and, and uh, you know, it's. Uh, it's actually, it's, you know, I, I would never have imagined, and I know there's milestones that people hit and I've seen people hit a million streams and all that stuff, but a hundred thousand streams as an indie artist, not having the big record label, the big machine coming behind you, pushing you. Uh, it's a great honor. And, and I really, I, I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited to see, see it go to 200,000 because it's already on its way there. Well, it is. It, and it's like you just said, I mean, you can point at, at, at people that have large, large numbers, but to get the attention of a hundred thousand people in today's world, when, when everything that everybody does is competing for everybody's attention is it, it's a big deal. And, uh, I know your fan base had a huge part to do with that. And they're, they're all really excited and have been extremely supportive of everything that you're doing, uh, doing musically. And I know you're going to have some shows coming up that you'll be posting about, uh, pretty soon. Uh, and some stuff that you're working mm -hmm. on uh, with that and make sure that everybody knows uh, for all of that information, whether it has anything to do with, with the movies that Jacob's got coming up, coming out, or music or shows or anything like that, make sure you follow him on Instagram. It's at Jacob underscore W underscore Young. Uh, and it's the same thing on Twitter, I do believe. It's Jacob underscore W yeah. underscore Young. We got to get with Instagram and Twitter and get that changed, man, that underscore thing. <laughs> whose idea was that <laughs> i told you the story about that man i told you like a long time ago even with the dot com i tried to buy the dot com the guy was like he's like well you got to give me a tour of your show and, and oh that's right that's right yeah that's right he's the guy that wanted the studio tour right he wanted to rip me off and then he wanted a studio tour on top of like here's eight thousand bucks and yeah here, you know, here's the red carpet to walk around <laughs> yeah no thanks no thanks yeah, All right, man. I don't want to exactly. keep you too long. I know you you want to spend some time with the wife and kids and and hang out when you're not on set working. But everybody, check it out this Friday night. Lifetime Movie Network, Killer Vacation. Uh, we're all going to be watching, buddy. Congratulations, and look forward yeah. to seeing everything that's coming out over the over the next couple of months. Awesome, Steve. You have a good night. Hey, man. You too. And everybody, don't forget. Tune in. Is it tomorrow night? Are you are you doing your show tomorrow night? Uh, yeah, I am doing my show tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Uh, it's uh, you know six uh, Pacific, nine Eastern, eight Central, uh, and then of course eight Central, seven o'clock Mountain Time where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> so hard to keep all those time zones straight. Yeah, you can find it on uh, Jacob's. Uh, you can find it on Jacob's YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Jacob Young TV. No damn underscores on YouTube, thank God. But it's the Jacob Young Show, and you can catch it tomorrow. And a little preview, what are you doing on your show tomorrow? You're interviewing somebody, right? Yeah, so um, so I'm actually going to touch a little bit on on our network that we were discussing, just to put that out there. Um, but I actually I'm, I have Angie Schroer, who is, um, Schwar, who is a Broadway star. Uh, she's been in The Producers. She's been in Young Frankenstein. She's now currently in the uh, uh, starring in a, a Broadway musical that just launched. Uh, called The Prom, and it, it's come out with great reviews. It's being received very well. And I just did the interview with her tonight. She's going to be on NBC 
during the Macy's Day Parade performing oh, wow. before the parade makes it makes it in front of Macy's, you know, in the morning shows where they do all the, the numbers. She'll be out there doing that, shaking her thing in the coldest in 100 years in New York City on Thanksgiving. Wow. She's going to be out there in, in a, a little tiny skirt uh, doing her thing. But uh, she's so awesome. And the interview is rad because we did it right underneath the canopy right there at the theater. Uh, so, and it's right across the street from the Springsteen show. So oh, nice. you can see that in the background and it just turned out the, the interview is an amazing interview. So definitely tune in to catch that. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about killer vacation. I'll be fielding your questions about that when you log on. So, so feel free to ask anything you want, except for, you know, how it ends up. Yeah. <laughs> I know how it ends, but I'm not saying I'm still going to watch though. Friday night, seven central lifetime movie network, killer vacation. Jacob, thank you so much, buddy. Y'all have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Happy Thanksgiving, Steve. Hey, man. Have a good one. That's my buddy Jacob Young. You can catch him again, Lifetime Movie Network, this Friday night. Killer Vacation. You saw the trailer earlier. I think you can probably uh, find it online uh, as well. Jacob's such a great guy, man. I, 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 I said this in an interview with a magazine. Um, a while back, I've, I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of, uh, of actors and, and very successful TV and film people when they want to kind of do some music stuff. And then when the, I've written stuff for, for TV and film, I've kind of engaged with them on that level as well. Um, but especially the ones that want to come over and do music that are really successful in TV or film. Um, Jacob is the first one that, and just the first time I met the guy, because the, the music that we've written uh, is is just really who he is. It's like you know, it's not this this television star trying to be a a, a music star or a country star. It's just something that he has a passion for uh, that he does really well, and uh, and uh, just a unique guy. And we've we've sparked up a great friendship over the last uh, year and a half, and I'm so happy to see him kind of transitioning out of his role on the Bold and the Beautiful, and and now doing all these films uh and he's got some more stuff that he can't talk about yet that i'll just put out there some really cool stuff that that's uh that's coming up and he might even be on one of my absolute favorite shows this time next year uh so we're looking forward to that as well uh but there again if you don't follow jacob go over and follow jacob's channel uh jacob young tv give uh, him a subscribe and then follow him across social media at jacob underscore w underscore young all right, I do want to get to talking about this Taylor Swift thing. Um, I also want to uh, do my best to try and get to uh, some of you guys' uh, questions. Um, this thing was really important. Now, I called, the, I put a year in Instagram. It was actually two years ago that I called this move that Taylor Swift would not stay with Big Machine under any circumstances. And, and everybody thought I was nuts. Everybody thought I was crazy. But I knew she wouldn't. It's a business thing. Um, and But the deal that she signed, I thought was great. I was watching something right before we came on tonight. Of course, somebody has to say, well, she's just doing that for publicity. Maybe she is. But if somebody uses the influence that they have in a positive manner that allows that influence to make it a better world, a better place, and a better business for everyone... I don't care if she's doing it for publicity or not because it's helping everybody else. One of the conditions that she put in her contract was that if Universal sells its shares in Spotify in the future, they own 3.5% of Spotify, which pause right there. A lot of you independent artists out there are trying to wonder why you can't break through on Spotify. Look, is it a little bit easier than terrestrial radio? Absolutely. But when you've got Sony, Warner, and Universal that own over 15% combined of Spotify, I mean, whose artists do you think are going to get preferential treatment when it comes to the streaming platforms? I'm just throwing that out there, okay? That's why. It's it's almost getting to the point where where streaming are, are the new major market radio stations. They're the new Clear Channels. They're the new CBS radios. They're the new, you know, iHeartRadio. But nevertheless, I digress. Um, she had put in her contract that if Universal does sell their shares in Spotify, 
which at this point is worth over $850 million. If they sell those shares, that Universal has to there turn back around and share that money with the artists across the Universal family, unrecoupable. And for those of you that don't know, when an artist signs to a record label, anything that the record label pays for, and I'm talking down to minutes on a cell phone call between you and your A&R rep, believe me, they count every penny. When you sign to a record label, every effort that can possibly be monetized by the record label, everything that they put out on your behalf to promote you as an artist goes against your recoupable. And the only time the artist starts making money is if you make enough money that gets you out of the red and into the black. What this new deal uh, that Taylor Swift has done has said basically that if, if Universal sells its shares of Spotify like Sony and Warner have done, that they will then take that money and give it back directly to the artists across the Universal uh, label group family, but it cannot go against their recoupable. So it will go right into the artist's pocket. It will not go against their red balance. It's not something they have to recoup from. That money's going to go directly from Universal into the artist's pockets, which is where it belongs. That she did for everybody. The thing that I was watching before we went live tonight is that, you know, they're saying, well, if she's in that, right? She's going to, well, of course she is. But trust me, Taylor Swift didn't hurt him for money, okay? She's not worried about the $2 million, $3 million she's going to get next year should they do that. She's not worried about that in the least. She did it because she saw an opportunity. Um, it has been a very long time since another artist of her stature left their record label and was was in the free market it's been a it's been a long time um and also under the new deal she owns her own masters which basically means and i put this on instagram i was answering somebody's question on instagram so they said i don't know why she just doesn't do her own record label that's pretty much what she's done when you own your own masters, she's the boss, right? It's a marketing and distribution deal with Universal. They can call it whatever they want, but she owns the masters, which means she controls the masters, which means they have to negotiate with her with all of the payouts and anything that they want to do with those masters. They basically license those masters from her. She owns them. She is her own record label, in effect. Um, she's in charge of making the decisions of what happens with those masters and, of course, whatever kind of payout or split there is with the label. I would imagine that there's something in there that has to do with, with paying Universal a certain percentage of those, the proceeds of those masters, uh, to recoup cost of marketing and distribution. That would be my guess. But, you know, Taylor did this a few years ago when it came to Apple, and Apple Music was giving everybody that 90-day free trial of Apple Music, and they were not going to pay the songwriters and publishers uh, for the songs that were streamed during that 90-day free trial. And Taylor Swift came, came went to Apple and, and very publicly uh, said, look, if you do it, I'm pulling my music, and I won't ever put it back on the platform. This isn't right. And you know, when you pull sway and when, when, when you've got some swag, when you call the largest company on the planet out and they cave to you. So Apple did cave and they ended up still offering the 90 day free trial, but they paid all of the songwriters, all of the publishers as if they normally would were all these people that were taking advantage of the 90 day trial as if they were paying. So say whatever you want about Taylor Swift. Believe me, I've heard it all. I've heard she can't sing, she can't write, she can't this, she can't that. Look, she does something, right? And that the above being able to sing, above being able to write, and this is something that I have been trying to tell you guys for years, and nobody ever believes me. Nobody ever uh, really takes it to heart, but yet I get proved right time and time and time and time again. Look, Above being able to sing, above talent level, 
above being able to write, above any of that. Taylor Swift does one thing better than everybody else on the planet. She connects. She connects with people. That's why she's seen the success that she has. That's why she can put something out on Twitter and Apple caves to her. So you can say whatever you want. But if you're an independent artist out there and you cannot find, a, you, you don't understand why you're not breaking through, it's because you have not found a way to connect with people the way that Taylor Swift has. Staying in country music, there's only one other person that's been nearly as successful as Taylor Swift at this very thing, and that's Garth Brooks. Same, similar situation. I'm not saying that Taylor Swift can't sing. I'm not saying that Garth Brooks can't sing, but I think both of them would admit they're not the world's greatest singers, right? They're both phenomenal entertainers, which is very important. But neither one of them are great, phenomenal, what we would call singers. They're not Lionel Richie in the pipes department, you know? But they had a unique ability to be relatable to people in that market demographic that they were going after. And I can't think of anyone else in country music that's, that has done that. Justin Bieber was able to do it in pop music. He was able to be extremely relatable to that audience, 11 to 17. And that is the demographic that matters in the music business right now, is 11 to 17. Whether it's country music, pop music, rap music, R&B, jazz, it doesn't matter. They're all trying to sell to 11 to 17-year-olds. That's why the music has changed the way that it's changed. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. I don't think it's a good thing at all. I think, I think the product suffers when you're dealing with a generation from 11 years old to 17 years old. I call them the what's next generation because they don't appreciate anything for longer than 15 seconds. It's what's next, what's next. And, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm just, I was happy to see it. I was happy to read the details of the deal and see that she knew this will be the last record deal that Taylor Swift ever signs. Um, she won't have to. Um, so I think she took this opportunity to do something for other artists. And, and I think that is, I, I say kudos to her once again. There again, I don't care what you think about Taylor Swift, but the business person that she is and the foresight that she has to think on behalf of others that she represents by being the leader in an industry, I think was very smart on her part. Involving herself in the political race a few weeks ago, not so smart. But this, this was a smart move. Uh, and I know for one, from somebody who um, has been extremely fortunate in the music business uh, to have written and produced multiple hit records. Um, I appreciate that. Um, as somebody who also constantly gets screwed over by the, the streaming platforms and everything else, I appreciate that too. I appreciate anybody who tries to do what they can to better our business and make it better for everyone, everybody. The little guy, the big guy, the little girl, the big girl, little band, the big band. You can't leave anybody out or I'll get emails. You said guy. What about girls? So I, I there you go. I covered the entire gamut right there. Um, I do want to try to get to some of you guys' comments, some of your questions. Uh, if you do have one, if you're watching on YouTube, pop it in the chat. If you're watching on Twitch, pop it in the chat right there. Or if you're watching on Facebook, you can pop it in the chat there too. Uh, and it should pop right up here in front of me. Uh, and I can read them and or uh, and or see it. Uh, Garen says, I'll be watching Jacob's uh, new format tomorrow. Yes, it's going to be interesting. The reason it, Jacob's show was daytime after dark. That was what he and I conceived. Um, but in doing this network, uh, there are things that pop up on web searches when you search for daytime after dark that weren't exactly family friendly. Uh, so uh, in knowing that we were launching this new network, and the scope of it and how large it's going to be, uh, we decided that it was probably a better idea to change the name of the show, so we just went with the Jacob Young Show. Uh, new format, it will be tomorrow night. Please check it out on Jacob's YouTube channel and coming soon to the Stream Network 
on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire Stick. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. There's so much that I, we're not allowed to say right now about some of the partners that we're going to be working with, and I'm, I'm excited to be able to tell all you guys about it. Uh, so yeah, Jacob is a very friend-friendly, great guy. Jacob is. He's a wonderful guy. Uh, fascinating info on Taylor Swift, the business end of all the music. Uh, world is mind-boggling. It is, Gary, and I'll tell you, the, the main reason that most people fail when they go into the music business is because they are creative, and so they constantly think that it's the talent or the creation that matters. In the music business, it is not. The success in the music business has nothing to do with the music. Nothing whatsoever. And if you don't believe me, turn your radio on. Listen for 20 minutes. There's the proof, right? It has to do with business. And guys, I don't care if it's the music business or any other business that you may be involved with or that you're trying to start or you're an entrepreneur. It's never about that thing that you're trying to push or that thing that you're trying to create. It's about you and your ability to connect with people, period. The music business has nothing to do with music. And so many people fail because that's where they put all of their time. That's where they put all of their effort. That's where they put all of their energy. And it's wasted because the music doesn't matter. And that's hard to say as somebody who's made a very good living as a songwriter and as a producer. To, to, to have to admit and say that the music is not what matters hurts me dearly. But it took me years and years and years and years to finally realize that it's not tied success to the music it's not it's tied to relationships and relatability and the ability of somebody to take a product no matter what it is and offer it to people that feel like they can relate to you that they want to be invited into your story i've got a video anybody that's interested i've got a video on my youtube channel and now i'm gonna i'm gonna absolutely blank on the title um but it has something to do with how to successfully tell your story or something like that. You ought to go watch it because that's what, that's what matters. If your story isn't interesting, nobody's going to buy your product, period. Because nobody buys the product. You're buying the person. And that is what most people in the music business don't get because when they're starting in the music business, they want to write songs or they want to sing songs. They want to be an artist. They want to be a producer. They, they want to have their hands just ingrained solely in the work, in the creation, in the art. There is no success in the art. That's, it's the music business. And I was having a text exchange with somebody yesterday and it, was, it should be called the business of music instead of the music business because it's all about the business and not about the music. If you want to be a successful artist, go to school and learn about marketing. Go to school and learn about business. Or don't even go to school. Go to your library. Get online. Read about business. Know how to be successful at business because music is just a product. Period. End of story. It's just a product. It's like this pen right here. It's no different. A good salesman can sell you this pen. It came from the Beverly Hills Hotel. No, that's the montage. Expensive pen. Uh, it's just a product. But see, I'm a creative, and, and that took me forever to really understand and grasp a hold of that because I thought that the greater and better you made the product, the more likely it was to sell. That's not true. Some of the best-selling products in the world right now are, are cheap pieces of shit. It's just a fact. So think about things like that. It's not about the music. It's about the business side. That's why so many people in the music business fail, because they don't focus on the business. Uh, what about Dolly and her savvy business practices? Absolutely. Dolly Barton has been amazing but she's never reached the level of Taylor Swift or even Garth Brooks. They're on another level. They really are, you know, financially, business-wise, they're on another level. One could argue, though, that that was also a different time. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, that that Dolly could be considered to have been that successful in business in the 70s and 80s. Same could be said for Kenny Rogers. Um, but I ran into uh, I ran into somebody that I admire greatly a couple of years ago um, out in L.A. and they wrote a song. It was back in the 80s and he was telling me how, you know, and he's done a lot in his career. He's very popular, very, very, very popular. And he was telling me, though, that despite all of the success that he's had since writing and putting out and releasing this one song back in the 80s, that his highest royalty checks are still coming in to this day from that song. And he's still making over two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars $250,000 a year just off of that one song and has ever since. You know, so you, it may just be a different time. Um, I would argue that it's much, much harder for people to stand out and, and make a name for themselves today just because of the clutter. You know, in the 80s, in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, there weren't as many artists as there are now. You know, with the walls of distribution being torn down and, and the innovation of the internet, everybody's an artist. You know, it used to just be waiters. Every waiter was an artist. Now everybody's an artist. Every single person's an artist. The guy that changes your oil is an artist. The guy that reads your gas meter on your house is an artist. Uh, everybody's an artist. And you know what? That's fine. That's totally fine with me. It's just It just makes it hard for, for everybody to break through because it's so cluttered and, and you've got so many people that are mudding the water. So when you have somebody like a Garth Brooks or somebody like a Taylor Swift or a Justin Bieber uh, that truly break through that mud, uh, it just makes it, makes it all the more special and also tells you the talent and business savvy and level-headed and minded of the individuals. They're on a different level. They're on a completely different level play, le different playing field than everybody else. Uh, how come Garth Brooks doesn't have any music on Spotify? It goes back to the sharing of the royalties uh, and things like that. That is why Garth does not put his music uh, on Spotify. Uh, it is all about rights ownership and the royalties in which they pay back. He doesn't see it necessary to have his music on Spotify. Uh, he's not missing the money. You know, I mean, the guy's worth a billion dollars. So he's not missing the money. And he would rather... He also... The, the main reason that he was not on iTunes was because that he he would not... He did not want people to buy single songs. He, would, he said he would have put his music on iTunes if you had to buy the entire album, but he did not believe that people should be able to buy individual songs when an artist and, and a record label spent all this time and money putting an album together. If people wanted to support the artist, they could buy the album. Uh, so he didn't buy into that. Much of the same is with Spotify as well. You can go in. If you want to listen to Rodeo, you can just listen to Rodeo. You don't have to listen to the whole Rope in the Wind album. Um which is a little archaic. I mean, I have to say, I, look, I fought the streaming platforms for a long time, but you eventually just have to play ball. Hey, Garth is too. You know, he, st he started to try uh, to start Ghost Tunes, and that did not go over so very well. Uh, and they had to shut that down. Just, just because there, again, I don't care who you are, going up against a Spotify or going up against, you know, Apple to start a new streaming platform it's going to be pretty difficult to do. And I don't even know that that Garth can do that. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have any comments, you have any questions, feel free. Tap them. At, no matter where you're watching, we are simulcasting tonight. We are on YouTube. We're on Twitch. And we're on Facebook to make sure that you stay up to date and know with everything about everything that's going on. You can follow me across social media. It's at the Steve Freeman everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. YouTube, everywhere else. I don't have Snapchat. Although somebody started a Snapchat in my name uh, and used my picture because my daughter came to me the other day. She's like, Dad, I didn't know you had a Snapchat. I'm like, I, I, I don't. I don't have a She goes, yeah, you do. Look right here. So if you're following somebody 
that has my picture on Snapchat, it ain't me. Whatever they've asked you to do, it ain't me. I just want to make that clear. Uh, but yeah, I want to thank Jacob Young. Great guy, man. Y'all, please, if you're around Friday night, uh, have some leftover turkey, some leftover ham, and uh, sit down, check out Lifetime Movie Network, and check out Killer Vacation, 7 p.m. Central on the Lifetime Movie Network. I am so looking forward. Like I said earlier, I'm not a turkey guy, but I'm looking forward to the ham. I'm looking forward to those cheap-ass brown and serve rolls. My wife's like, do you want these? Like, and I'm like, no, I want the cheap shit. I want the, 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 just the cheap ones. Those are the best. So I plan on eating some of those. I plan on eating some good old stuffing. I plan on eating some corn casserole. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Dallas and Washington game on Thanksgiving. Dallas pulled it out over the weekend, man. Wow. Pulled it out. Big, 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 big game. I believe it's for first place in the NFC uh, when they play Washington on uh, on Thursday. It's going to be interesting, too, with Alex Smith breaking his leg. And, you know, just maybe open the doors for the Cowboys. I, I just hope that it that it goes well. I'm just really looking forward to a long weekend. Uh, it's that time of year. It's that thankful time of year. So Christmas is my favorite time. Basically, Halloween... Halloween through like January 5th is my favorite time of the year. I just absolutely, absolutely love it. Normally, I take off. Like, I don't work at all between October and January. Um, but I've taken on a lot this year. I've taken on way more than I should have. That's not going to be possible. Uh, but I am going to try to slow down. A little bit enjoy some time with the family hang out catch up on some netflix shows catch up on some movies uh eat some junk food that i don't allow myself to eat the rest of the year uh, i'm gonna take that do you guys have any awesome traditions that you guys are looking forward to i know everybody's got different i was talking to somebody the other day they did something weird at thanksgiving and i was like well, that's weird but hey it's a tr it's a tradition you know people have different traditions and and i just know i'm looking forward to maybe slowing down and all that good food i keep coming back to the food but man it's going to be really, really good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Garen says, unrelated, it uh, still stuns me. Uh, the Academy Awards gave an Oscar to three Six Mafia over Dolly Parton, uh, both of whom were nominated the same year. She deserved better, uh, but should have won best song for uh, nine to five. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, that year that three Six Mafia won, it, 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 it was almost, they almost had to give it to them just because of the success of Hustle and Flow. That movie literally came out of the gutter uh, into being a huge, huge success. Um, that that was, it was one of those things where it, it, it just, independent film was exploding. And that was, it was a pretty cool song. You know, I have to say, I watched, I watched that movie a hundred times. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know that they should have given it over Dolly. But you know what? It's, that's, a, that's another story. I uh, love those brown and serve rolls. Man, me too. I got to tell you, I can eat them by the dozen. I love me some brown and serve rolls. Uh, I've never had a deep fried turkey. I've never had a deep fried turkey. Wait a minute. I may have had a piece of a deep fried turkey, I'm thinking. Maybe once. Turkey's just dry. I'm not a, I don't like dry. And if I'm just being honest, coming right down to it, I... I just don't like the taste. I don't like the taste of turkey. I don't like turkey sandwiches. Like when I go to a sub, I don't like turkey. I just don't like turkey. I'm a ham guy. Uh, so <laughs> I've got a specific kind of ham I like, though. I'm not, just, I'm not just a ham guy. Like I don't just like all ham. There's a specific type of ham that I like. Um, but I am looking forward to it. You know, get you get get those brown and serve rolls. Open them up, put you some stuffing in there. You know, put your little corn casserole on top of that and then a couple slabs, a little ham on there, make you a little sandwich. That's what I'm talking about. It makes me hungry right now, and I haven't eaten. I'm getting hungry. When I get hungry, my wife says I get hangry because I get real angry when I get hungry and I haven't eaten and also haven't had my second Starbucks of the day. 
So we've got two things. Nobody text me or call me with anything that's going to piss me off in the next 30 or 45 minutes because I have not eaten and I have not had my second Starbucks of the day. Beware, you've been warned. Uh, Also want to remind you, if by any chance you are going to be in middle to southern Tennessee, northern Alabama, anywhere, Birmingham, Chattanooga, Huntsville especially, the hit songwriter series at Ferguson Farms is December 8th. I'll be going down there performing some hit songs for you guys. Uh, I'm also bringing along my buddy Gil Grand, a uh, Canadian artist, had a ton of success in Canada, uh, uh, wrote songs for uh, Tracy Bird, uh, one of the best singers I think I've ever run across in my entire career. I love Gil's voice. Now he's going ar- around and he's booking these shows, and I'll never forget he called me uh, one day and said, hey, what do you think about this? And this was about a year, well over a year ago. And I said, man, I think it will do well. I mean, I like, I think it'll do really well. He And now he's put this whole concert tribute together to Conway Twitty. It's not an impersonation. It's nothing like that. It's Gil's more of a traditional country artist, and he grew up, and his dad's favorite artist was Conway Twitty. So he wanted to do this thing, and he called me, said, hey, what do you think? Do you think people would come to see something like this? I'm like, absolutely, but we got to do a record. So we went in the studio, and I produced this. You can find it's on Apple, on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's called One Night with Conway featuring Gil Graham. You got to go listen to this. If you're a true country music fan, go listen to this and listen to, to Gil sing Conway Twitty songs. It's unbelievable. So he's put together this concert tour, and they are selling out all over the place. And couldn't be happier for him. He's going to take a break over the holiday season. He's coming down there with me. Uh, so it'll be me and Gil Grand, and then I've also invited Alabama's own Brandon Elder. Uh, you might remember Brandon from American Idol. Uh, he is going to come do some songs with us, uh, with us as well. It's the hit songwriter series at Ferguson Farms, just outside Huntsville in Union Grove, Alabama. And here's even the better part: if you bring a new quality toy, all right, no pieces of shit, people. All right, I'll be there. If I have to go up there and I have to stand at the gate to see what kind of fucking toy you bring, I will, okay? A new quality toy you're going to get in free. We're going to collect all these toys, uh, toys and we're going to take them and give them away uh, to uh, to people that need, need them and appreciate them uh, to give out to kids this Christmas. Uh, so if you bring a quality new toy, you're going to get in free, and the cover charge is normally $40. So it's just it's going to be a blast. We're going to have food on site, drinks on site, everything's there. It's a great time. The sound is awesome. Uh, this will now be our fifth show, I believe, and it's just done tremendously well. It's the Ferguson Farms Hit Songwriter Series, Saturday, December eighth, and we'll start around seven o'clock. Bring a new quality toy and get in free. It's going to be a lot of fun. For more information, you can log on to Hit Songwriter Series. Dot com. Find out all the information right there or look them up on Facebook, Ferguson Farms Hit Song Writer Series. Uh, let's see, a couple more questions before we get out of here. Chandler says, got to go, man, but see it. Oh, yeah, Chandler, I will see you down at the farm in a couple of weeks. Uh, Garen, uh, who do you find to be the most friendly among the country music community? Uh, friendly? Wow. Um, man, that is a... that is. That's a really hard question to answer. Uh, Keith Urban is a is a is a genuine guy. I will say that. Many aren't. Uh, Vince Gill, very genuine guy, uh, very real. Um, I, man, that that's kind of put me in a corner. And I, it's it's just you got most of the people are just. It's not that they're not good people. It's just they constantly have that guard up. You know what I'm saying? They just constantly have that thing uh, where they're always an artist and they almost come from that old school where they were taught that there's got to be that buffer between them and normal people. Uh, But there are some good ones out there. Keith is one of the best. Keith is one of the nicest guys Um, in my experience. I've had some really good experiences with people uh, and then that other people have had really bad experiences with. 
Um, it, it's kind of funny. Somebody was telling me not long ago they had a really bad experience with Tracy Lawrence. I've, I've never had a bad experience with Tracy Lawrence. I love John Rich to death, but that's kind of a 50-50. One time he's the nicest guy on the planet, the next time he's an asshole. But he'll be the first one to tell you that. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I will tell you this. The, the guys, that the more successful that they are, most of the time, the better people they are, the nicer they seem to be. Uh, it's the ones that are right there on the bubble that think they're stars, but they're not quite there yet. Those are always the ones that I have an issue with. Um, and other people, they just, they treat people differently. There again, going back to what I said earlier, they've not mastered that ability of being able to connect and relate to people. Um, they like being on the stage and being separated from normal people. And when you look at people like Garth Brooks and and Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber and, and other successful people, they successfully managed to break that barrier and allow people in and, and really let people get to know them or at least make you feel like you know them. And maybe that's the trick. Guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight for the Steve Freeman Podcast. Hope you will join us next Tuesday night, same bat time, same bat channel. We will be simulcasting once again on Twitch, on YouTube, and on Facebook. Don't forget to follow me all over social media. You can find me at the Steve Freeman. Guys, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Hope you have a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving. Um, I hope that you are able to spend time with your friends and your family and have a lot to be thankful for. More than anything, that's what I hope for all of you guys. Whether you're succeeding at the level that you want to succeed right now or not, you have lots to be thankful for. And just the fact that you got up this morning and you got to put on shoes and you got to walk around and you got to breathe the air. I too fight that sometimes, but we got to remember that enough, that alone, is enough and something to be thankful for. Guys, till next time, keep being creative. Keep pressing the boundaries. And there's nothing wrong with being independent. See you next week.